Hier is Christian. Here's Jimmer. Welcome back to Two Physical Therapists and a Bag of Jordanian Chips. What do you think the chances are that we're going to get arrested? Uh, I, not higher than they were 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Especially since you tried to Google it and their account was suspended. <laughs> yes, that was a, a bit of a problem for me. So, Anyway, we're back with a bag of chips and some trivia and clavicular fracture. Yes. Also known as the collarbone fracture. Yes. I wonder what collarbone, Sleutelbein is the Dutch word, which doesn't have anything That's to do with collarbone. Key it's a key, key bone. Key. Huh. Yeah. Sleutelbein. Oh, well. Collarbone fracture. Fire away. But these fractures make up about uh, 2 to 3% of all fractures. 68% of the time they occur in males. Yeah. That would have to do with the uh, lack of coordination and control of most males. Probably. They're most common in young adults. Peak is males between 13 and 20, making up about 33% of all clavicular fractures. And most of these fractures are probably preceded by the phrase, Check this out! Watch what I can do! <laughs> hey guys, look at me! <laughs> Hold this while I show you that. Uh, they do peak in females also in the same age range, so roughly 13 to 20, but only about 20% of all clavicular fractures in females occurs in that range. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, women outpace men after age 65. That's because they outlive us after age 65. Yeah, that probably has a lot to do with it. It's common math, right? Uh, causes, falls, bicycle accidents, sports they're huge in bicycle accidents, right? Yeah. You know, falling on your, you know, falling, is it called head over heels, head over wheels? I think head over wheels in that case. Do, doing an endo. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, falling and, and not having time to brace yourself, landing on the shoulder is, is one particular way to break your collarbone. Yeah, and a lot of collarbone fractures occur even with a fall through with, when you get your arm underneath you. So, yep. which is slightly different than like an AC separation, which we talked about before, which is generally direct trauma to the top of the shoulder. Right. Interestingly enough, a mid-shaft fracture makes up about 70% of all fractures. So that's pretty good. These are generally displaced to some extent, which can be minimal or in need of surgery. A distal third fracture makes up about 27, 28%. So distal yeah. meaning more towards the shoulder. Yeah, and a proximal less than a less than three percent. So it's not very common. Pretty, pretty tight. Not as much movement um, closer to the sternum than there is on the distal part of the clavicle. I think unfortunately, if you have enough stress to fracture down there, you tend to to dislocate what's called your sternoclavicular joint, which is yeah. which is a lot less fun actually. Those are awful. I've had so. the joy of treating a couple of those. And they are, um, they are tough, tough to stabilize. They're easy to mobilize, tough to stabilize. They don't so, like to stay in place, no, which is so a real problem. Popping them back in is easy. Yeah. They'll pop right back out as soon as you sneeze or think. Yeah, the good news is uh, about, well, only about 15 to 20% uh, need surgical fixation. Uh, most of them are stable enough that they can uh, not have surgery on them, which is Just a good thing. Just sling them for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 95% of surgeries are what's called an open reduction internal fixation. So this is where they open you up and put a plate and screws in there. And only about 5% are more complex than that. 
So wiring and all sorts of other fun bits and pieces to try to hold everything together. The Kirchner wire, K-wire. So that tends to be more when there's lots of bits and pieces as opposed to just a, a simpler one or two fractured locations. Yeah. Not fun. No, they're super uncomfortable, right? It's a very bony area. So mm -hmm. anytime you put screws or plates in there, they're going to protrude, they're going to touch other things, you're going to touch them and it's going to freak you out. It's not a good place to have a have an internal fixation. No, a lot of those come out eventually because they are quite uncomfortable. I don't have a good number on that, but, but yeah. it just depends, I think. Yeah, and I, I would say at least 75% would come out. Eventually come out. Most people, most, most internal fixations I've seen have had them removed eventually just because they're such a nuisance. Most people who have a clavicular fracture will present acutely pretty much the same way. They will be carrying their arm with the other arm. That's a pretty standard, something just happened, either a dislocation or a fracture. And so if you see that, start to think, maybe we need to start stabilizing this arm a little bit better than them just carrying it around. The second thing you'll see is a visual deformity or at least swelling along that collarbone, so that clavicle there. They will be uh, quite tender with palpation, direct palpation. Yeah, you run the risk of getting punched if you touch it. Yeah, yep. In rare cases, you can have what's called a, a pneumothorax. This is where the, the clavicle actually goes into the lung and punctures the lung, uh, which is a big problem. So that's something that's uh, incredibly emergent. Get that individual to the hospital as soon as possible. And then you can also sometimes see a brachial plexus injury. So the brachial plexus is a nerve bundle. It sits basically in your armpit area. And again, a, a bit and or a piece of that clavicle can end up messing with those nerves, resulting in numbness and tingling and loss of sensation and weakness and atrophy and all those other sort of fun things. And that is, again, a lot more significant of an injury and thankfully very rare. I was going to say, cases. that's pretty rare, yeah. yeah. Just because of where the clavicle is and mm -hmm. where the brachial plexus is. Yep, it's not very likely, but something to, to pay attention to. Some numbness and tingling isn't that out of the ordinary, but it's obviously something you want to keep an eye on moving forward. Yeah. Treatment-wise, people who don't go through surgery tend to come in for mobilization, and that can happen depending on the stability of the fracture. If it's a non-displaced stable fracture, we can see people within the first few weeks. If it's an unstable fracture, we may not see them until somewhere in the six to eight week range, at which point people get quite stiff, and so we work a lot on range of motion, and then obviously strengthening and return to activity, which will in most cases be the sport that caused the fracture in the first place. And so most people are able to return to sport within three months, give or take, hopefully sooner than that. Yeah, the, um, so most of the time, trying to get your normal mobility back, you know, within 90% is not that hard. It's that last 10%. Um, the cl clavicle or collarbone has some very specific movement patterning. It kind of pivots over itself. That's why it's S-shaped. So to get that last little bit of full flexion back, you want to make sure that the clavicle is moving properly. So it, it can be tricky to get 100% of, um, of the mobility back, especially if you have, you know, a screw or a plate in there that's rubbing against other tissues or structures. Um, so but it's important if you, especially if it's your dominant side and if you're an overhead athlete, um, 
you, you want to get that last little bit of mobility back because that could eventually lead to other issues. Yeah, individuals who have an ORAF uh, or fixation can generally get started with, with more mobility sooner because the fracture itself is very stable at that point. And so those people can begin PT within a week or two, usually following surgery. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. But there's other issues with that, especially long-term and sensitivity issues and other kind of tenderness. So that can be uh, another trick and something that, again, generally leads people to around the three-month window for returning to like kind of full sport. I guess it depends on the activity. Football is going to be harder than, say, cricket yeah. or yeah, soccer or something. Contact sport will be a little bit more challenging. Although overhead sport could be challenging, too, yeah. like, you know, darts. That's not really an overhead sport. Would we call that an, a head sport? Because it's eye line. Front, it's a front, front sport. Front sport? Okay, yeah. front sport it is. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, clavicle fractures long-term aren't an issue. You might have a visual deformity, which is a fancy way of saying it doesn't quite look right. Uh, but outside of that, most people have full function and uh, aren't more at risk of doing it again as a result. Yay! Yeah. Trivia time? Let's do it. Sorry about last week's trivia. I created quite a bit of a conundrum, I think. So the question was, the state with the longest shoreline... Uh, the short answer is it's Alaska. <laughs> yeah, we should have we should have done a better job of, of of articulating what it is that we were looking for. So, contiguous states or whatever. Yeah, and so the definition of shoreline versus coastline is interesting. It, it changes uh, which state of the contiguous states would have coastline versus shoreline. But what the answer contiguously is Minnesota. Contiguously. That's yeah. a great word. So Minnesota has uh, 11,842 lakes. And as a result, it has more shoreline than any of the other kind of lower 48 states. Yeah. Which, Which is, is that. That's kind of what we were looking for. But we didn't specify that enough so sorry tj your answer was correct yes alaska and then there's something to do with tides there's tides tide, affect tide, the coast tides affect the shore. shoreline but the, sh the coastline is not affected anyway it's all on instagram yeah. and twitter just go read the answer there it's a lot easier this week, we have a much easier trivia question. All right, this week's question. Who is the only non-human to testify before Congress? There you have it. There's not any, there's no ifs, ones, or buts. This is pretty straightforward. I, I think so. Yeah. And if you can give us the color, it'd be even better. That would be fun. Of this non-human. Does that give it away? I don't think so. Okay, thank God. All righty, chip time. Mr. Chips, chili, halalali. Yes. So Mr. Chips is, by all accounts, a uh, Jordanian company, although they're a member of the European Food... What's that say on there? It's down here. Uh, member of the European Chip and Snack Association. There we go. So, I don't know how that works, but... We're not, we're not quite sure how that works. So it says here, keep your country tidy. So you got to throw it in the garbage. That's good. 
Uh, thankfully, these chips contain uh, edible sea salt, so we're in good shape there. <laughs> Versus the unedible variety. Versus the unedible variety. Chip to air ratio, it's a travel bag, so it's it's not a very strong, but we give it a 30%. We have a few whole chips in here, but a lot of bits and pieces, unfortunately, so travel chips never get a fair shake on the chip to air ratio, I think. These came to us courtesy of... Of Kim. Kim rocks. Yes, thank you very much, Kim. Should we try? Yeah. So these are chili flavored, right? Chili. With sea salt, edible sea salt. They're, um... It's not a, it's not a robust chip. No, they're kind of like last week's white truffle chip. Kind of thin. I think, though, we're, we're very biased towards a thicker, crunchier chip. I think, I think we are, too. Um, the chili comes a little late on this. You don't you don't get it up front. You get a little tickle in the back of the throat, though. Yeah. It's almost like a lemony flavor before you get to the chili. It's definitely not not the spicy variety. It's more sweet. Um, I love the flavor. I'm not particularly fond of the the chip, but um, yeah, the chip is definitely more in the. Kind of the Lay's department. I'm save the big one for you. I'll eat the crumbs over here. Um, I do like the flavor a lot. Yeah, flavor's nice. I bet if we got this in a um, in a huge bag with bigger bigger pieces and kind of threw a couple chips in there at a time. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the most flavorful chip I've had in a long time. That's good. Um, I'm, I'm debating between one or two because the chip itself is not. I'm giving it one thumb. Um, I'm gonna join you. Yeah, yep. one thumb. One thumb. Um, they they are they are very yummy, but they're not very chippy. Is that a? I think that the chip is a letdown. Uh, the flavor is is good. Yeah, but the flavor isn't quite enough to overcome the. I wonder where they get their potatoes. They're, they're uh, real potatoes, it says. Yeah. So that's know. good. That's good. But I wonder where they get it. He's grow. making chips with fake potatoes. I they are, um, yeah. huh. I could I could enjoy the rest of this bag this afternoon. Please do. No, I'm not going like an to. excellent choice. Uh, Kim, we just want to say thank you again. It's mean, amazing that we have some Jordanian chips here in Colorado. It's Kim, Kim, you rock. Thank so you thank for you that. Very much. And thank you for all the other chips that you've sent our way. And we love following you on the Insta Snap. Oh, yes. Very impressive. If you don't, if you have a chance, go follow Iron Kim. Iron Kim, good it's stuff. she. She's all over the place. It's good stuff. Yeah, really good. Um, all right, that's it. Thanks for listening. Yep. Thank or you for listening today. We have to today? say the whole. Yeah, yeah. yeah Got to say the whole. Next day. week we're gonna go over common types of spine surgery. That's gonna be fun. Common types. Us. Huh. All right. And uh, we are going to review the Chipsy hot and lemon sauce, maybe. Maybe it's chili lemon. It's an Egyptian chip. It's also from Kim. We'll figure that out next week. I know. We go from Jordan to Egypt. Yes. If you like today's show, please follow, review, subscribe, tell your friends, share with workmates. If you're looking for information about clavicle fractures, follow us on Instagram and Twitter throughout the week. If you want more information on rebound therapy, check out our website, reboundclinic.com. And by the way, we need to throw this one out there too. Uh, hashtag PT should be fun. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's so us. Drop that in there anywhere PT you want. should be fun. It should be fun. Yeah. So if you're looking for some fun PT, 
come hang out with us. That's true. He's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thank you for listening.